Hello everyone and welcome to the Black Sexuality Podcast. My name is Ariana Roberts and I will host the episode today. We will have two guests today, Amina Doherty and Precious Mahansi Jacob, both of which are students at Georgia State University. Amina Doherty is a local Atlanta artist and Precious Mahansi Jacob is a Nigerian-born biology pre-med master's student. I hope you all learned something new, and I want to thank you for joining us. I want to first begin by discussing why I created this podcast. I am currently a second-year master's student, and this semester I took a course called Sexuality and Society. Throughout this course, we talked about different dimensions of the human sexual experience and how our varying environments, traumas, and stigmas shape our own sexuality. In specific class periods, we discuss literature exploring African-American sexuality, like The Color of Kink by Arian Cruz and Black Sexual Politics by Patricia Hill Collins. These works opened up my mind and made me begin to ask broader questions about my community, my culture, and its impact on my own sexuality. The purpose of this podcast is to explore Black sexuality from the perspectives of a young Black woman and a young Black man. This podcast is set up to open up a new conversation and to provide different perspectives. Throughout this podcast, I would like you all to frame sexuality and define sexuality as a broader concept, not just one that simply explains sexual orientation or sexual preference. Now, let us begin our discussion. You feel the vibe is contagious. Look in your eyes to the dangerous. Grateful I had all the patience. I know you going through some changes. You taking pictures, know your angles. Ooh, no, we ain't perfect, but we them close. Ooh, you give me something I can pay for. No angel, but you got a halo when it's nice like this. We first begin our discussion of black sexuality with Amina speaking about whether or not the black community is a safe space for the discussion and exploration of our sexuality. Okay, I feel as though we're creating, we're starting to create safer spaces for African-Americans that want to explore their sexuality. I feel like it's becoming more open. I feel like people are becoming more accepting. Of course, you have still some people that are, you know, lagging behind everybody else, but I I feel like now we're okay with it. Precious also discusses whether the black community is a safe space for the discussion and exploration of our sexuality. But he also discusses that even within the black community, the socialization of individuals has an impact on whether their environment is actually a safe space. I think yes and no, because it all depends on about socialization and how that person was raised. Because one person could be raised in a household or in a space in which, you know, one can be easily allowed to express how they want to see the other sex and how they want to approach the other sex if, you know, all they have been known to see is, you know, that way of communication to the opposite sex. But if someone else is not 
as exposed and very cultured, they might be more, um, you know, conservative in that regard. So, yeah, I think it just depends. Amina discusses how her views of different sexual orientations were influenced by her Islamic upbringing. So I'm from Georgia, um, specifically Stone Mountain. That's where I grew up in DeKalb County. It's a very black neighborhood that I was in. Um, and, you know, earlier on, you know, it, we just recently started being more accepting, I feel like, of people of different sexualities. So early on, it was kind of like, you know, if somebody was rumored to be like gay or like bisexual or something like that, it was like, oh, oh, this person says this, this person says they're bisexual. And it was like a whole thing. You know what I mean? But as I gotten older, as I've gotten older and the times have changed, it became, you know, more accepting for people um, to be um, bisexual or gay or part of the LGBTQ plus community. Um, because I'm Muslim, being gay isn't something that's accepted. You know, obviously, like, in the Quran, it says, like, it's wrong. But it's not something where... I, I w we weren't raised around people who have a hatred for anybody who is gay or anybody who is exploring their sexuality, you know? Like, just because... It, it was always a thing where it was like, just because it's not something that's right for me or it's not my thing, it doesn't mean that I should hate somebody else because that's who they are. You know, I, I, I was raised in a Muslim community that's very accepting of different people and, and it was fine. You know, it was never something that was like brought up in my house as like, you know, something weird. It was never something that was like discussed like that, not in a bad way, but in like a, you know, it wasn't anything that was like a big deal. So I just kind of, I'm just kind of the person I am <laughs> because I just happen to be this way. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if that makes sense, but it definitely makes yeah. Sense. And like, you know, I even talk to my mom and my mom and I, we always talk about like, oh, we have like masculine energy and things like that. I think it's cause you know, I come from a family of like tall farm women, you know, very dominant women and everything like that, sarcastic, all that stuff. And so we always talk about how we have like a very masculine energy for women. And it's just something like my mom's that way, I'm that way. And you know, it was never something that was just like a big deal. Yeah. In the same vein, Precious discusses how his sexuality has been impacted by his traditional Nigerian upbringing. Well, for me, um, my sexuality has been impacted by my environment, by um, just the way I was raised. My family always believed in, you know, a monogamous relationship and always having someone that would always be there with you for the rest of your life. So exploring my sexuality, I, 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 I always seek to have someone that was just having to be able to share that kind of space with me and that and that was imperative on my on my end so um that's really how it impacted me amina discusses how islam did not act as a constraint but liberated her and talks about how it influenced the construction of her sexual identity so obviously being muslim 
there are very clear roles for men and women, you know, how women should act versus how men should act, what's the role of the man, what's the role of the woman in the household. So it, it's weird because it's like I kind of fell into into step, you know. It wasn't anything that was weird or awkward or discussed. It's just my parents raised me how they raised me. They raised me to be a, a, a strong, you know, educated woman, independent. That's what they've always wanted for me. And that's just what I've always known. You know what I mean? Um, I think some people in my religion can misconstrue these roles, you know? Like sometimes you have some women who think like, oh, Muslim women are only supposed to sit in the house and take care of the kids. They're not supposed to have a job. You know what I mean? But I feel like this is also like a, a cultural thing more than like a religious thing because, you know, as, as I, I'm black and I'm, it's just different from like people who may be Muslim, but they may be like coming from a different country or anything like that. So I'm not sure um, about their belief systems, but that's just how I was raised. So it was never like a thing where it was like, oh, as a woman, you can't go to school or you can't, you know, say that you can't wear this or anything like that. As far as my religion constraining me, I don't feel that way. I feel like it, it did liberate me. Um, part of the reason might be just because Islam is the right religion for me and, you know, my background is correct for me. I just, it always felt natural for me. And I never felt in my house that anyone would dislike me, would hate me for, you know, being any type of person. You know, it was always love in there. It was always acceptance. I grew around so many different types of people. My mom has a diverse group of friends and they were all my role models and everything like that. So um, it, it never stunted my growth as a person. And bisexuality just, I've always been this way. I don't know. I've, I've just always been this way. So, yeah. Precious also discusses how his Christian upbringing both constrained and empowered him in the formulation of his sexual identity. For me, it's absolutely been empowering. As a Christian, I've been thought that if you live your life right, if you work hard, if you follow the penance in which God has set out for us to follow, you know, and you finally meet the one person that you can share your life with for the rest of your life, marriage, I think that's the ultimate goal. I think that's very empowering to me. I think that's something you have to look forward to. And to me, it's, it's, it's like the best constellation prize you can possibly get. And so in my regard, I, I think it's empowered me, but in some states it also has, you know, constricted me. Knowing in the fact in the Bible that, you know, you're not supposed to have sex, you're not supposed to do certain things um, before marriage. Um, but I, 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 I beg to differ. Um, some of the situations that we are on, on earth have already been understood and been taken into account by Jesus, and that's why he kind of died for us. But also, the fact that even in the Bible, there was a situation, an instance where a guy was 
had made love to a woman before this, his time to actually marry the woman. I don't know exactly who these people are. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I do know it happened. And I feel like if God saw that was totally just and fine, I don't see why our case could be any different. Now, we will be transitioning from a broader discussion of black sexuality to a discussion of the relationship between black sexuality and the media. begin our discussion of black sexuality in the media by speaking on how black men and women are portrayed overall and the type of social climate that portrayal creates in the black community as a whole. Okay, so this subject, I go around and around in my head all the time because I guess it's a struggle seeing these women, you know, these black women and rapping so openly about things that are sexual and like you know everything like that that's you know as a muslim that's just something that i'm just personally not comfortable with being so upfront about you know it's something that's really private to me but i guess that's just like a personal thing in general i i see what people are saying when you see black women like Meg the Stallion, when you see black women like Nicki Minaj or, you know, people out here um, owning those type of things. I see what people are saying where they're like, women should be able to be multidimensional because you have men all the time in their raps all the time talking about sex and girls and hoes. And, you know, I did this with this one. I did this with that one. You know what I mean? And then you have women and, you know, I get it. I get what people are saying when they're like, oh, so women are just supposed to sing about like being romantic and then love and having feelings and then men are supposed to talk about being unbothered. And I think those portrayals of, of black men and black women, them being so different, it causes like so much dysfunction in our community because when you have black men in here thinking that you know having feelings and being romantic and things like that, that's gay. And then you have black women who are are passionate, you know, and trying to find something real and you know, they're looking at these men who are being told to not look not be that way. You know what I right. mean? So it it causes some dysfunction. So I, I get what people are saying where they're like, okay, well we should be able to be on that level or be on the other level. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. So I, that's like why I go around in circles because it's like in for me personally, it's a lot to take, but 
in general, I get what people are saying where they're like, okay, well, if you can say like a, a, this guy, the rapper is dope for saying all this, you know, stuff, then how come you can't say a Nicki Minaj is dope and say like, oh, well, she's just rapping, you know? And then you also have the fact that like Nicki Minaj is married, you know what I mean? And she can rap about what she wants you know, till she's blue in the face, but at the end of the day, she's not really doing the things that she's saying she's doing, you know, like all the relationships that she's been have been long-term, you know what I mean? More long-term than somebody like, uh, I don't know, like little baby cheating on his baby mama, you know what I mean? So it's like... Yeah, there's always this really big sort of divide when it comes to how African-American men and African-American women are portrayed in the media. Mm -hmm. And it kind of perpetuates the traditional gender stereotype mm -hmm. um, that was created sort of under the umbrella and under the influence of like white supremacy and colonialist legacy. Mm -hmm. So you have these traditional gender roles of what women and men should be applied to the black community and it's like this intense either emasculinization of our men and how they are forced to not be emotional or they choose mm -hmm. rather to not be emotional mm -hmm. and they choose not to embrace their feelings and through the media and through the music you see an empowerment sort of mm -hmm. of those kinds of things mm -hmm. and with rappers like Megan Thee Stallion and also older influences like Josephine Baker mm -hmm. and like Missy Elliott you see the free expression of black women's sexuality even back in the day mm -hmm. and you have records like I want to get freaky with you mm -hmm. you know it's, it's like okay so these themes of sexuality kind of seep into our environment but there's so much stigma associated with it we don't have enough conversations and we right. don't a culture our spaces to be more accepting of having those conversations and being more open to having mm -hmm. those conversations because those are interesting conversations to have yeah and i think like you know you go to a place like you're somewhere in europe you know what i mean the teen pregnancy rate is down you know and everything like that because i think it's a more open conversation and i think like in black communities especially it's a conversation, you know, conversation about those things don't happen because you have, there's so much like emotional suppression, I want to say, you know, there's, there's so many things that we don't think we can, we can talk about, or we're scared to talk about, or we're scared to be too open about, you know what I mean? And so you don't have those conversations. So then people turn out, you know, thinking other people are one dimensional when they're actually not. It, you know if that if that makes sense so it's like i i do enjoy the fact that there is a wide selection now for black women you know you can listen to a meg the stallion or you could listen to a ari lennox or you could listen to a lizzo you know what i summer mean Summer walker yeah you could listen to a summer walk you know so you can get different vibes now you can get you know different messages now and 
even if you have someone like Summer Walker, it's like one minute she could be talking like Meg Thee Stallion, the next minute she could be talking about, you know, being in love or anything. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I, I get the multidimensional aspect that people are talking about. Like, I always have to step back and look at it like my opinion and then like in general, you know? And like my opinion, I don't like this stuff because it's like, it's just a lot for me. But in general, I get it. Precious also discusses his perception of black sexuality in the media and dissects the portrayal of African-American women as well as men. I think African-American women and men are portrayed in the media um, in a multitude of ways. One of the ways is which there are women that actually want to, you know, have to market the fact that they don't want to be looked at as beneath another man they are they are powerful and they hold a lot of strength and it should be recognized and it should be you know appreciated and it should be respected most of all but there are other people in the in the in the media in which they would rather just you know heavily sexualize the whole idea of their you know expression to the public for them to digest. And I feel in those cases, it can be a hit or miss because people don't necessarily understand how to take that, especially for a young kid, someone that's growing up and trying to actually know their own sexuality. And then for guys, it's more about, especially for rappers, you have this, you know, very, very masculine approach to, you know, make sure that you don't ever feel like anybody can come and take anything from you. You know, you have to stand for yourself. You have to do what you have to do. And, you know, you got to get your money, you know. So African-American men are, are, are out here with their chains and with their money in these, in these music videos showing that, you know, they got this and they're about this life. And... I guess, to another race or another group of individuals that don't understand exactly the struggle of these African-American people and what they're trying to really trying to portray here, it can be seen or taken in a different way. And that, and that, and that is not very fair. But at the same time, you know, it is the world. And I guess that's where they, they have interviews to explain themselves. <laughs> Precious discusses how the media perpetuates the idea that black men are emotionally absent and how that idea can be problematic. How the black community is portrayed in the media these days, um, in regards to women, I think women have this um, will to actually show that they can be respected and at the same time, they can be sexy while doing it. And they show this confidence and want women to also know this truth as well because as for the male counterpart they only see women as you know they're they're, they're portrayed in the media with this over masculine um approach to saying that they don't necessarily have to care you know they 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 have bitches they have hoes that they can fuck and they can do whatever and they you know they're about that life but the real issue is the fact that 
they're also disrespecting and not communicating their feelings to these women. And, you know, the mass media that actually watches and digests this information would also want to, you know, I guess, you know, portray that kind of same, you know, gangsterish way of, of doing things and not necessarily caring about how you how you say things and, you know, knowing you can fuck whatever you want to fuck and do whatever you want to do. But then, you know, they're not talking about the repercussions of doing those things. They kind of leave the the watcher on the fence to actually figure out that for themselves and not, you know, just think that it's okay to do this and, you know, fail to communicate how they are really not about this life. But because of the information that they're being given, they think it's completely normal. And this is not right. And so that is the way I see it. Precious then continues and elaborates on how the absence of communication creates a negative climate in the black community where black sexuality becomes a non-existent topic of discussion. And I believe the communication aspect is key here to focus on, knowing the fact that the male counterpart doesn't actually f feel the need to express themselves or communicate their feelings in a sexual manner to their female counterpart. Rather, you know, they assume this role that's not very um, uh, allowing of or, you know, permitting the safe space of expression of those sexual feelings to one another um, through communication. And as a community as a whole, not being able to actually do that, having that safe space there to talk about these sexual, um, you know, feelings, makes it hard for anybody to actually move forward. To end, Precious talks about some black artists that have influenced his perception of his own sexuality. Um, some of these artists um, I've grown up listening to um, mention specifically uh, Chris Brown, <laughs> um, Drake, uh, and um, Tank, you know. Those were those were the pretty big hitters that uh, talked about, you know, really expressing how they wanted to do things and talk about how beautiful that they were in the process. And, you know, to me, I think that spoke to the soul and the way I think I want to actually express my feelings to someone that I truly love. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in. This has been the Black Sexuality Podcast with Ariana Roberts. In this episode, we discuss the construction of Black sexuality and the relationship between Black sexuality and the media from two different perspectives. I hope you gained something informative and inspiring from our conversation today, and I hope you can join us next time.
Give me a minute. 